We are proud to announce a new sponsor for this podcast, Augie's Locker Room. Augie's Locker Room, which is located less than a mile away from Notre Dame Stadium, was named the best Notre Dame's collectible shop in the country. This shop is amazing. If you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and are looking for that special Notre Dame piece to complete your rec room, Augie's is the place to go. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind Rockney items. They have an exclusive Joe Montana signed items. If Augie's doesn't have it in store, he will find it for you. Visit AugiesLockerRoom.com or stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. AugiesLockerRoom.com or call 574-277-NDND. Leading off the 6 o'clock hour on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Don't you guys go anywhere. Plan to put on a hitting display. The center fielder. That boy's good. Number nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. A Midwest League champion. Adios! Walk-off home run! Eloy Jimenez! Who prefers to cheer for the birds on a bat. Adios! Goodbye! And maybe that's the winner! Here's Darren Pritchett. Seven minutes after 6 o'clock, Sports Radio 960 WSBT, your home of the Fighting Irish, including every Notre Dame football game, the opener September 3rd. Yeah, I think it might be a game a lot of people are going to tune into. Notre Dame and Ohio State from the Horseshoe. Darren Pritchett with you, joined by Tyler Horkut, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. How good of a guys are we? We're giving up our day of following NHL free agency to talk Notre Dame football here on the radio. Am I right, Tyler? Yeah, I just actually read a report that John Klingberg is probably no longer going to be with the Dallas Stars. So it's a sad day. We really didn't make any moves to better the team. So sad day. Hey, as a Bruins fan, we're just kind of picking up scraps at this particular time. So it's not a lot of fun. But my old buddy Ian Cole, the Irish defenseman, looks like he's going to Tampa Bay. So that's great news. And I heard Johnny Gaudreau, who played against the Irish at Boston College, might get an offer from Columbus. And it's something like $12 million per year over seven years. So I'm not sure why we didn't play hockey more as kids. <laughs> Well, I did. I just wasn't as good as Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's get into some Notre Dame football discussion. My goodness, we're going to be in fall camp before we know it. But before we get to football, let me do st- step back for a second. Let's just get your thoughts from a Notre Dame baseball perspective. Tomorrow, Sean Stifler is going to be introduced as Notre Dame's new baseball coach. He comes from VCU. You've written stories about this. You've learned about him. How would you sum up what the Irish are getting in Sean Stifler? Well, they're getting a guy who absolutely loves the craft of molding, you know, young baseball players into one team, one unit. And that can become cliche in any sport, but college baseball is a little bit different with, you know, the scholarship discrepancy and the traveling and, you know, the length of the season and terms of games that you play, you know, it's a highly concentrated season. You're playing three to five games a week and he's able to get everybody on the same page. He was able to do that at VCU. That's why he took him to a super regional for the first time in program history in 2015, took him to the past two NCAA tournaments, which uh, one of those in 2021, oddly enough, I was covering Mississippi state at the time and in the Starkville regional and, I don't even remember 
the score of the game, Mississippi State and VCU. Um, I don't even remember if they played twice or, or how that regional shook out. I've watched a whole lot of baseball since then, but I do remember being at a press conference with Sean Stifler and just listening to him speak about the atmosphere that his team was about to face in Starkville, you know, just the, how cool it was for him to bring a team like VCU that you don't really think about when you think about college baseball to a place that is sort of the mecca of college baseball, Duty Noble Field. So he loves the game. He's going to do everything he can to take what Link Jarrett did and continue it and maybe even go one step further. And, you know, Notre Dame's looking for its first ever national championship in baseball. And, well, Link Jarrett was certainly a guy, if he was going to stay for however long, was probably going to get it done. But if you look at uh, the candidates that could succeed him, you couldn't do uh, much better than Stifler. He's, I think he's going to do a great job. Tyler, I guess it's fair to assume that, at the very least, Chuck Rostano, Rich Wallace might have been considered by Jack Swarbrick to be the new baseball coach, members of Link Jarrett's staff here in South Bend. But as soon as the news that Stifler was going to be the head coach at Notre Dame, right around the same time, we found out that Florida State was gaining the services of Rostano and Wallace. I mean, who knows who Stifler is going to bring in as assistant coach I have a feeling they're probably going to be guys that we're going to be fond of very soon. But to me, these are two big losses because these guys truly impacted the Notre Dame program. And, yeah, Rostano was a good hockey guy, too, so I hate to lose a hockey guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Rostano was awesome. Obviously, he was here for about 12 years. Yeah. You know, lasted the entire Mikayoki experience and then was Link Jarrett's right-hand man for three years as well. And then Rich Wallace came in from Creighton right when – uh, Link Jarrett got here. So, yeah, those are mainstays on the staff for the last three years. And, uh, you know, I, I can say confidently that Rostano was in the process until the very end. I can't say, you know, why it wasn't him that Notre Dame landed on. Maybe he's a lifelong pitching coach and he said, you know, Link Jarrett's done so much for me. I'm going to go down and follow him to Tallahassee. Uh, I'm not sure if he was offered the job or not. I know there were a lot of people who wanted him to get the job. And uh, he told me specifically, if I do get the job, you know, that'd be awesome. But, you know, a lot of things happen behind closed doors that reporters are just never going to know about. And obviously the public at large is certainly not going to know about. But, you know, whether he got the job or not, he ended up not getting the job. He's still a huge loss. Um, I I think a best-case scenario, for example, would have been getting a guy like Stifler who's younger, has done it at a mid-major program, has all of this head coaching experience, you know, a, a decade plus of it at VCU, and retaining Rostano on the staff. That would have been huge for continuity's sake. But, you know, we've written it at blueandgold.com over the last couple of days. Stifler's going to have to go out and, you know, get some really good guys who can recruit, who can coach, and who can kind of, like I said, take what Link Jarrett left and Chuck Rostano and Rich Wallace and, and, and keep going with it because, it's not easy to, to lose an entire coaching staff for recruiting sake, for just, you know, the, the general feel of a program. So Stifler's got his, his work cut out for him and not only getting players to come to Notre Dame in the way that those guys did, but, you know, to get coaches to buy into what he's trying to do here as well, too. Wouldn't be a shock if Rostano maybe doubled his salary by going to Florida State or at least somewhere in that neighborhood. All right, let's talk now football, Tyler. Let's get to the quarterback position. Now, before I ask the question, I'm going to emphasize this because I don't want to get yelled at by Irish fans. You always want at least one quarterback in every recruiting class. That is a must in my mind. With that being said, 
here's where we sit right now. You've got Tyler Buckner, Drew Pine as your main guys competing for the starting job here in South Bend. 2023, there is not a quarterback right now in the class, Dante Moore. They put a lot of time and effort into him. He picked Oregon. Austin Novosad is now a guy that's being kicked around as a possibility, a Baylor commit. But in the 24 class, you got C.J. Carr, a four-star, and a player that seems to have tremendous upside. Reminding people you want a quarterback at every class, but let me ask the question this way. If Tyler Buckner turns out to be the player that Notre Dame believed he was going to be when they brought him to South Bend, if you don't get an elite quarterback in the 23 class, does it soften the blow that you might have a two-year starter in Buckner at the very least, which could lead into the C.J. Carr era at Notre Dame? So if Buckner is as good as anticipated, does that soften the blow for not getting an elite guy in the 23 class? Absolutely. And I think the key word that you used a couple times there is elite because I do think Notre Dame is going to get somebody. Is is it Nova Sad? Is it somebody else? Like you said, you want a quarterback just so you could say you have somebody from that class who plays that position because injuries happen, transfers happen. You need numbers. And Notre Dame's dealing with numbers issues at some other positions on the offensive side of the ball. You don't want to be dealing with that. Uh, at the quarterback position especially. But like you said, if Tyler Buckner goes out there and and shows that he's going to be a great starter this year and he can do it again next year, and then, oh, by the way, if he doesn't want to go to the NFL, you've got him for another year after that as well. That is probably best-case scenario for Notre Dame. And the fact that C.J. Carr is going to come in here in a couple years and he is that, we go back to that word, elite quarterback that you're looking for, you know, that's, that's reassurance in a way that you're going to have Buckner for two to three years and he's going to be really good. And then you could go right in to CJ Carr. And another name that we're not, we haven't even mentioned, but if you go to the blueandgold.com message board, you'll see his name time and time again. And especially after what he did in the blue gold game, mm-hmm. you kind of have a little reassurance factor in Steve Angeli as well to where if Buckner with his playing style and how much he runs, gets injured. Of course, you have Drew Pine sitting there, and that's another name that it took me this long to mention. <laughs> I think Steve Angeli could be a little bit of a glue guy in the sense that, you know, if, if Carr isn't ready uh, in 2024 and Buckner goes down with whatever or, or Buckner goes to the NFL, you've got a guy in Steve Angeli who would have been here for a couple years and looked very good in the blue gold game. I think he looks the part physically. Uh, you'll ask Mike Singer, and obviously he can throw the ball really well and Mike Singer likes you know every single part of his game so I think you know not, not getting Dante more it might have been trending that way anyway you know it doesn't matter that it was Oregon it might have might have been Michigan if it wasn't Oregon it, it doesn't mean that you know just because Notre Dame was leading for Dante Moore at one point they were always going to get them the fact is they didn't get him but they do have T.J. Carr coming in Tyler Buckner could still be really good and then you have guys like Drew Pine and Stephen Jelly to fill in the gaps if needed over the next couple of years. Tyler Horka, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I'm going to read something from August of 2021. The first Notre Dame football practice was in the books. Then head coach Brian Kelly met the media. 
And there was a discussion about Jared Patterson because he was the only starter returning from the previous year's offensive line center who could be a player that you could use elsewhere on the offensive line. Kelly was asked about Patterson being moved from center. He said, quote, it's a permanent thing. He's going to be our starting center. I think as we looked at a couple of things, one, what is in the best interest of Jared Patterson first? He's one of the top centers in the country, and it's hard for me to take a player and really put him in a position where it could affect him down the road. Could we be better served if he played another position? You could make that case. That was Brian Kelly last August. Now we come full circle. Harry Heastan is the offensive line coach, not Jeff Quinn. Marcus Freeman's the head coach, not Brian Kelly. And Tyler, you think there is a chance that Jarrett Patterson will not be the starting center this year. It'll be Zeke Carell. Give me your insight on why you think this may happen. And I kind of think this is a smarter decision than what happened last year with the coaching staff trying to figure out what to do with Patterson. To answer your first question, I heard it from a source who is very closely connected to the Notre Dame offensive line that that's the way it's going to be. Zeke Carell is going to play center. Jarrett Patterson is going to play left guard. To go to your second question, the same source told me that Jarrett Patterson wants to play guard at the next level. Mm -hmm. and He's played center at Notre Dame for the past three years. So as a fifth-year senior, this is his last chance to – get some tape at guard, show NFL scouts that he can play guard. And, and it goes beyond that, too. Obviously, first and foremost, Notre Dame wants to win football games. And I think Harry Heastand and Marcus Freeman think that the best five you – know, everyone makes a lot about, you know, you have to have your best five offensive linemen on the field no matter what. I'm not so sure Zeke Carell is one of those best five. Rocco Spindler may be better. Andrew Kostovic may be better. But – if you're crafting five across the line and what is the best combination of five guys, I think uh, maybe Jared Patterson plays guard better than Christophic and Spindler. And if nobody else can play center, but Patterson and Carell, that means you put Carell who, by the way, has started a couple games at center and looks a mm -hmm. lot better at center than he does at guard. If that's what it takes to, to get your best combination then you do it. And I think Kelly, after 12 years at Notre Dame, going into a 12th year at Notre Dame last year, might have been a little bit stubborn. And he saw what Patterson could do at center. And he said, yeah, he's a center. He's played center for us for two years. He's going to keep playing center. Uh, the Zeke Corral experiment didn't work out at guard. I don't think we're going to see another day where Zeke Corral gets snaps at guard in an actual game. So if it's not going to be there and you think he's a pretty good center – you put him at center. You put Patterson at guard. Tackles, those are set. At that point, all you got to do is figure out who's playing the other guard position. And, you know, I mentioned a couple of names, Christophic, Spindler. You have Josh Slug, a six-year senior. The options are there. If Zeke Carell can play center and the coaching staff believes he can do it, then you put him there. And then you put arguably your best offense, interior offensive lineman at guard. All of a sudden, you have the best combination. I keep using that word. It's not the best five yeah, yeah. talents. It's the best combination of five guys. Several things went wrong against Cincinnati, but the inability to get the best guys on the field on the offensive line gave them a very limited chance to win that football game, which hurt them down the line trying to do bigger and better things. So now moving forward, when I 
read your comments, my first thought was, well, maybe Kristoffic is going to be the odd guy out. But the more I've thought about it, Tyler, I think it's too close to call at this point. I don't think it's a guarantee that Lug remains a starter. They're very high on Spindler. To me, this seems like truly an open competition going into fall camp if things play out the way you just described. Absolutely. And the source that told me this information, uh, you know, obviously my first question back to him was, okay, well, Kristoffic looked really good at left guard last year. Where does that leave him? And and the source told me he's going to be that – he's that next guy. You need a sixth man on a basketball team. Kristoffic is the sixth man – uh, for this Notre Dame offensive line. And to your point, you know, he could he could be better than that. He could be the guy that replaces Lug. And then you have Patterson and Kristoffic at guard. So he, he's still very much in the mix. He could play his way into a starting spot in fall camp. Absolutely. Uh, he's got the body of work from the last six games of last year. So uh, when I look at the, the Notre Dame offensive line, to me, he's one of the best five guys potentially and and Spindler is right there with them too so you have two guys waiting in the wings to say all right there's the five that you've thrown out there and you think they're going to start at Ohio State but what about me what about me is going to be determined throughout the month of August because I thought Spindler came on really strong in, in spring camp and there was a point there where he was getting first team reps at left guard over Kristoffic so if Kristoffic has any dog in him he's going to say whoa 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 I was starting there for six games last year. This sophomore is not going to take my place. There's going to be a really good battle between those two guys. And then, like you said, that brings Lug into the conversation because all of a sudden his spot isn't safe and you've got three guys competing for one guard spot. I think Harry Heaston has to love that. That's music to his ears. Well, the good news is we're talking about maybe seven guys battling for five spots, and it's not like any of these guys – are players that are average. These are really good football players battling for position. Sometimes when you have seven guys battling for five spots, a couple of them aren't very good, and you just got to figure it out. Hey, there's some really good choices for Harry Heastan. So let me ask you this. I posted this as my Sportsbeat Twitter question of the day this afternoon. I'd like to get your answer. Which Notre Dame football assistant coach has the biggest quote-unquote challenge? Now, you can use challenge however you want and try to figure out the answer to this in fall camp with his position group. Here are the four choices. Tommy Reese at quarterback, Dylan McCullough at running back, Chancey Stuckey at wide receiver, Mike Mickens at corner. Who do you think has the biggest challenge of those four assistants? Uh, I'll go one by one real quickly. Tommy Reese, uh, I think, is going to come to the conclusion that Tyler Buckner is the most talented quarterback on the roster, and he has to start him. So it's not him. Uh, Dylan McCullough and Chancey Stuckey, they don't really have a whole lot of options. So their challenge is how can I make these guys the best that they can be by September 3rd, because this is what I've got. And I've just got to, you know, funnel all these reps into these guys and make sure they're, they're just ready for the challenge. So I'll probably answer Mike Mickens because I think there is, uh, some uncertainty there with, with Clarence Lewis playing the way he did and the Fiesta Bowl, just kind of getting torched by Oklahoma State. Is he really one of your two best corners? I think Cam Hart is absolutely one of the two best corners, but uh, how do guys like Ryan Barnes and some of those other younger corners fit into this conversation? Is it going to be maybe a little bit more of a rotation? And, and, you know, Clarence Lewis has a shorter leash than he did, maybe even even as a freshman or early in his sophomore year. Um, How is Cam Hart 
coming off of that shoulder injury. He should be fine, but we didn't see him at all in the spring. So I think Mike Mickens actually has some decisions to make. Uh, obviously, Tommy Reese has the biggest decision to make, but at this point, we kind of all know or we're all expecting what that decision is going to be. And then with the other two guys, like I said, it's uh, <laughs> not a whole lot of decisions. It's Let's uh, get to the grindstone here and get as good as we can in, in one month before we play Ohio State. Tyler, one more question for you. As we enter fall camp, and we've talked about a lot of offensive guys in this segment, so I'm curious if this is going to be a similar answer. But going into fall camp, on the offensive side of the football, give me one player you're most interested in seeing on the field during fall camp. To me, it's Tobias Merriweather. And Hmm. that answer might surprise some people, but I just talked about Chancey Stuckey and what he has at wide receiver, and it's not a whole lot. Uh, I just did a story based on a pro football focus um, article. I I think it listed the top 25 wide receivers in the country, and unsurprisingly to me, Notre Dame didn't have one, but they're playing, I think, five uh, of the top 25 wide receivers at some point on their 2022 schedule. So Notre Dame needs some talent there. And oddly enough, the same source I was talking to about the offensive line, you know, I I just got to talking about some other offensive things with him. And I said, give me some guys, give me some guys to look for in August. And he mentioned Tobias Merriweather, who looks very good coming in as a a summer enrollee. Uh, And and I think my answer has much to do with the fact that we didn't see him in the spring. And I know what all these other guys can do. I know what to expect, even from Buckner and Pine and and everyone on down the, the list there. Tobias Merriweather is a guy I have never seen play football in in person. So I am very excited to see that. Is he a guy that can quell some of those fears about the Notre Dame wide receiving core? I think he could be. And if he makes some wow catches, uh, I think he's a guy that we might see as soon as that game against Ohio State and certainly a lot more later on in the 2022 season. That's a great answer. I would not have expected you to say that, but it makes absolutely total sense. All right, Tyler, what's happening right now at Blue and Gold Illustrated a month away from the start of fall camp? Uh, everything is happening at, at blueandgold.com. Go there and pay $1. I've seen some people uh, on the message board and even on Twitter talking about how, I think I just saw one in response to my coworker Ashton Pollard's story about uh, the offensive line, who we just spent a whole lot of time talking about, and their NIL deal with Mission Barbecue here locally in Mishawaka. So uh, everybody is loving our content. It's the middle of July. There's really not much to write about, but if you go to blueandgold.com, I think you'll be left saying, how are these people turning out so much content about Notre Dame in the dog days of the summer, in the middle of the off season? Uh, Nobody is covering Notre Dame like we're covering Notre Dame at blueandgold.com. So go there, pay a dollar, you get 12 months of access for that $1. It's the best deal in sports media. It won't be here forever. So, Get in now while you can, especially with 52 days, I think it is, till the start Mm. of the season. Uh, We're we're getting there, Darren. It's it's getting close. Absolutely. Can't wait. And over the next week or so, I think Tyler and I will have an announcement to make as well. Some really good news to pass along, but we'll just kind of leave that as a tease for the particular time. And right now, Tyler, I want to say thanks for the visit. We covered a lot of ground with baseball and football in our conversation. Always enjoy our conversations here on Sports Beat, and let's try it again next week. 
Absolutely. Talk to you then. Thanks, Darren. You bet. Thank you. Tyler Horka, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Follow his work. You got Ashton, you got Patrick, Mike, Tyler, covering everything in Notre Dame athletics. We're halfway through the 6 o'clock hour. Plenty more to get to, including our sports wagering segment. This is Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT.